It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... My name is Randy Herring, and I'm the author of The Fitness Mindset, Seven Habits for Peak Performance. Buy my book to build strong, healthy habits and transform your mind and your body. Hello, and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke, joined today by Mike Forrester. Uh, Mike is a men's transformation coach. He's the founder of Living Fearless Coaching Programs and the host of Living Fearless Today podcast. His insights, methods, and stories of overcoming childhood trauma, dyslexia, and loss of loved ones uh, has been featured on various podcasts, including Hanging On To Hope, Extreme Health, Own Your Life, Own Your Career, and Think Unbroken. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Appreciate it, Chris. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, dive a little bit deeper, embellish on who you are, and maybe even how you got into this a little bit. All right. Um, so I am a father of four adult children and, and two grandchildren. So um, I've gone through the the path of, you know, the struggles of, of different children, how they behave and, and bringing together, you know, both the way my wife communicates and the way that I was raised to communicate. And surprise, surprise, Chris, they were different. <laughs> So, you know, you can imagine the stress that that brought into things. Definitely. And uh, as a child, you know, I went through mental and emotional trauma, just the way my parents were. Um, they were both hurt. And unfortunately, they didn't decide that they wanted to heal from it, right? They didn't want to move on. And I worked on reconciliation and forgiveness with them, but it's their choice. And just yeah. like you and I have a choice in what we're going to do in our lives, they had a choice in theirs. And so I focused on my life, I focused on my family, and discovered as I started healing and, and working on, you know, changing my mindset, my perspective, my beliefs, that I saw that the relationship with my wife, you know, I started having a vibrant, intimate marriage, the relationship with my children started becoming, um, safer and more secure like they started to trust me novel concept you know if you're a toxic <laughs> dad they don't trust you they don't trust you right <laughs> and uh so from that was then where i'm like man if i can experience this chris and i can change that that uh generational you know heritage of of trauma man if i can change that with my family i know that i can help other men do that same thing in their life to live the life that they've dreamt and to not believe that, you know, they're not enough, they're a mistake, or that they're the only one. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's huge that men knowing that they're not the only one. You, you mentioned healing, personal healing. There are a lot of books and techniques out there on how to speak to children. But uh, I think you touched on something that's even bigger, just personal healing, you know, we're all going to speak to our children the way that we are feeling at that moment, right? If you're stressed out, you're gonna be yelling. If you're calm and happy, you're gonna be probably speaking in a calm and happy way. Is How did you get to the point where 
you knew that it was the personal healing that you needed to pursue rather than maybe just like, a, oh, use these words or use these techniques, right? You went deeper. How did you get to that point? I did things the wrong way, Chris. In all, in all <laughs> honesty, man, I repeated what I learned from my parents. So I worked on manipulation, anger, you know, one thing doesn't work. Hey, I'm going to intimidate, you know, try and manipulate. Um, my son had shared recently when I interviewed him, he's like, yeah, you were an authoritarian. I went the other direction and tried to avoid you. And that's not what we as parents want. Right. And I listened to podcasts. I read books, man. I went through the whole thing and I tried the tricks. You know, I tried the, the ways to communicate in a healthy way. Problem was I wasn't healthy. And so regardless of what I want to say, there's still that tone. There's still that, um, just energy, the way I'm coming across to my kids. And if I'm angry, I'm not going to come across lovingly. I mean, I know that seems like <laughs> so, so basic, but yet we miss it in the way we live our lives out. So it, it was one of just, as I'm alienating my wife, as I'm alienating my, my young, you know, young children and they get into their teen years, I'm like, this is not working. There's gotta be a different way. And, um, had a victim mindset, right? I was Eeyore. I was a cross between mm. Eeyore and the Hulk. So you know, when I talk <laughs> about anger, man, I brought the anger and, right. and it wasn't something that I realized until I stepped back and began to heal that it's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not who I want to be. This is yeah. not where I want my family or anything along those lines. So, um, you know, my wife trusted me first you know, it's easier as adults to extend that trust, even though I tried manipulating her. Mm. Um, and the children took longer because I had trained them to expect me to come across in a manipulative way. And so they wanted to see that it, you know, was the true new me. Um, but, you know, you've got to start with you. Otherwise, it's, it's just icing on, you know, a cake, so to speak, but the cake is yeah. not uh, at all appealing. <laughs> it's not sweet. It's very bitter and sour, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you hit a rock bottom or maybe a series of rock bottoms that I know you mentioned you're doing everything the wrong way? How did that manifest in your life? Oh, dude. Um, I honestly saw myself, Chris, the wood, the trajectory that I was on was being divorced, alienated yeah. from my kids, just holed up in, you know, an apartment, divorced, um, no connection at all with my family. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a great path. And, you know, I could see the writing on the wall now admitting it, wanting to take responsibility for it. Not at all, man. I tried blaming everybody else. And again, like I talked about being a victim, yeah. I tried to put myself as the, the person and in the position that it's like, woe is me, man, if the world and my wife and my kids would just get it together, if they would just listen to me, then everything would be great. Yeah, it didn't work out that way, man. I, I was in a bad place. Um, and it just spewed out. I was like a fountain. And the water that was, you know, coming out of me was toxic and unhealthy. And so it poured over into my family and then my children. And um, I, my thing was trying to intimidate them to mm. make things look good so that we were like, you know, we could have been, uh, you know, WWE at home, but 
you know, everywhere we're going and seeing our friends, man, it's leave it to beaver. Right. So the two didn't align and it wasn't, it wasn't honest. So. Mm. So once you realize that, I would imagine that was a very bitter cake uh, to eat mm. at that point. How did you take the first couple steps? Right. Cause you, you know, once you get some momentum, it's a little bit easier, but those first couple steps, those had to be hard. Oh, uh, I think the hardest thing, Chris, so like I talked about, you know, the, the trauma that I went through from my parents, you know, telling me, Hey, you're a mistake. We don't want you. You're never going to mount. And then the physical okay. fighting, um, Chris, I swore that I would never forgive my parents. It, it was one of those, I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't understand the fact of, you know, they intended to do well, but they weren't acting out of a place where they were healthy. So they couldn't behave. They couldn't be the person that they weren't. And so looking at my children and going, wow, I would hope that they would forgive me for what I had already done. Okay, if I'm wanting that, you know, how can I not extend it back to my parents? And that was probably the biggest hurdle, man, was being able to forgive my parents and say, I know you meant well, it didn't come across that way. But that wasn't your intention and forgiving them. And then looking at my children to go, okay, yeah, you're behaving exactly like I am, you know, or, or at least there's habits and, and glimpses of it and going, yeah, I don't want this to be, I don't want this to be what my grandchildren receive. Right. And it's like, I've got a choice. You know, I quit feeling like that victim and started taking control and it, and gave myself permission to actually start going, I'm going to be different. I want to feel different. I want to think different. And then that began gaining momentum. My wife was the first one that really added to that snowball. Um, it was hard and painful to go through the experience knowing that I changed, but my children were still looking for that proof that, mm. yeah, dad, you're, you're now safe. So that was probably the hardest thing was giving time and being patient yeah. um, to them and forgiving myself as I'm not, you know, I'm sliding back, dude. I'm, I'm just like, you know, everybody else, I'm human, I'm flawed. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to slip back into those patterns and forgiving myself as well. And continuing on, that was a hard thing to do in, in the whole process. Yeah. That's a really tough thing. Uh, forgiveness for your parents, forgiveness for ourselves is huge. We tend to beat ourselves up a lot more than anybody else does. Um, so, so Mike, you got to the point where your kids realize, oh, this is the new dad. And you're, I, I want to talk about one thing you said about how a lot of men think that they're the only ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think women in general are much better than we are at finding help, you know, supporting each other, uh, you know, creating a tribe of other women to support each other and that and you know they'll talk about even the most maybe what men see as very trivial things but they're affecting their emotional health and they you know talking about it getting out in the open clears the air and men just we'll just put our noses down and just power through it or you know these are these are generalizations but i think yeah. i think they're pretty accurate for the most part uh how do you how did you take that next step? Um, you know, I want to reach out. I want to help other men to come to some realizations that I did. I want to support them. 
what did that look like? Yeah. Well, let me confirm what you've said here with some <laughs> statistics. Oh, cool. If, I love it. If you look at depression, Chris, you're going to see that the ladies have a higher statistic. Now, you might be tempted to say, oh my gosh, women are more depressed than men. Right. But that's not the case. We just don't talk about it. Like you said, it's not something that's communicated, right? We're told to man up, you know, just buck up, put your head down. But yep. when you look at suicide, Chris, we're three to four times higher. So we don't talk about it, but we, we go just, to that extreme we just, just because we feel there's no other option. We're alone and there's nothing, you know, I don't have value. And it's those kind of lies that we buy into that keep us isolated. And, and I refer to it as a silent suffering mm. where we're feeling the same things, but we don't feel that there's that permission, that, that space to say anything about it. Yeah. And the way that I started on my journey in talking about things was taking a risk. Oftentimes, as we're going through healing, we'll find we're the first one to be able to say something that we're taking that, that brave, you know, risk, that opportunity, because it's like, nobody wants to go like, hey, yeah, I'm suffering from this. This is my problem. Because we're afraid everybody's gonna look at us and go, you're what? I don't have that problem. When the truth is, we're sitting around, you know, a group of eight, seven of seven out of the eight of us are having the same problem. And just nobody wants to talk about it. It's like, there's a big elephant, but I'm not going to talk about it because everybody else might not be seeing the elephant. And I don't want to be the oddball, right? Man, it's, it's just communicating, but it's testing the waters as you're going through. If you're like, I, I want something different, but I'm not sure what this looks like. And you want to go it on your own, then Try testing the waters with something safe, small, you know, little steps. If you want to dive in deep, man, jump into like a, uh, like a mastermind coaching. I mean, depending upon where you're at and what you want to do, the opportunities are there. There's more options. Um, the first step is realizing I'm not alone. And yes, I'm willing to be the, the first one to say, hey, I need help. This is what's going on. So instead of like stewing about, oh my gosh, my wife is annoying, you know, going, guys, I am just not, I'm not connecting with my wife because right. of this. Um, you know, and that was the funny thing, man. You you enter a room and it's like, oh my gosh, yes, that that's exactly where I'm at. But nobody wants to be the one to take that first step. Almost like, you know, it. we're, we're afraid of the shame that might come from the judgment. And yet it opens the door to freedom. So, yeah. And, and so quickly and easily, it, you know, when you just get it out there, cause it, you know, even just what you said, uh, I forgot exactly like my, you said my wife is, and then you, it, it was the very blaming sentence versus yeah. I'm not understanding my wife. And even just that, if you go in with, I'm not understanding my wife, chat with some other guys about it and see that this is common get some advice, get some counsel and maybe some ideas on how to handle it. And then that's very, like you said, very proactive. Uh, and, and it's simple. It really is simple. I, I, I think that's the, the key here that that conversation, exactly what, again, what women usually do, they just talk about it and it's behind them, you know? Um, so, so Mike, what are, maybe uh, maybe one or two examples of some men that you've seen come to you and you know they were struggling with something and and what have you seen from from guys as far as success stories 
Um, so I would say a very common one is the the thought process, man, Chris, my my past is going to stay in the past. And that is so false because it's almost like glasses that we wear, right? Everything that we do, whether it's at home or at work is being processed through that. And it's subconscious most of the time. We're just, it's, it's just like our behavior that I talked about, you know, with our parents and, and our children acting out and, and repeating those patterns where we've picked up beliefs. And I remember just helping, helping one of the guys come through that's like, you know, I'm just going to leave this in the past and it doesn't bother me, but it, it percolates, man. It, it's almost like if you think about, you know, barrels of, of toxic, you know, oil or whatever you want to consider it, but our emotions are in that same thing, man. How many news stories have you heard about toxic waste, you know, just decimating the land and ruining things, our emotions and the stuff that we've stored up that's unhealthy is no different. And it's going to color how we see things and how we experience and interpret them. And so helping one of the guys come through, once he admitted it and started taking those steps, it was like he was able to see like the unhealthiness and the pain that he was putting his family and wife through. And just to then be able to to come back and start rebuilding that experience, you know, especially, I mean, young kids, man, right? They're, they're looking at dad and going, dad's my hero. Um, we all want to be that. Unfortunately, you know, if we're, you know, raging or, or don't have the time that doesn't continue on right. and, you know, seeing the relationship restored with both his wife, you know, who's at home with the kids and she's now feeling supported and the kids are looking for dad. And it's like, dude, I mean, this, this is why I do it. Chris is because for me, my kids were 18 to probably 13 at the time when I really started digging in. Wow. And, uh, you know, so they're in that formative, you know, formative phase of getting out into adulthood. Well, you know, it, that's part of what took longer. So if, as a man and a husband and a father, I can heal myself and begin feel, filling those roles in a healthy way, then it's going to change everything a lot faster before those perspectives are formed. Um, so, and another guy, right? So another one of the guys I coach, he saw his career change. So where he hadn't been applying and didn't feel like he had the value of work was kind of you know, killing himself in his career and corporate ladder, it was like, wow, okay, now I see my value. I understand my objectives. I set goals and I see that I can, you know, stay disciplined and follow through on my habits. He then saw himself in a different perspective and felt like he was valued and able to apply for those positions that weren't there and got a, you know, got a promotion at work. So it's one of those of, it, it changes everything around us, Chris. I mean, that's the amazing thing. And it just takes us as men saying, hey, yeah, I'm not living the life I want. I'm not liking myself the way I do. I have dreams and I feel I should be able to reach them. You know, from that, taking the first step and saying, hey, yeah, I need help. Let's let's start working on me. Um, yeah, you can't heal good. anything else until you're healing you. 
that's 100% right there. Yeah, can't heal anything else until you're healing you. Uh, Mike, uh, I want to give you a chance to wrap up with a keynote speech, or let's say we put you at a graduation ceremony, you're the speaker. Mm -hmm. The topic of your speech is how I think you can get the most out of your life. Mm. I would say it's community, man. Like you're not going to, to see the impact. Um, you're not going to feel the support without a group around you. And so mine would be building a community to find the success you desire. Because if I've got men that are around me that can see where I'm not treating my wife in the way I intend, I'm not being the father that I want to be, man, like I can be blind, but if I've got men around me who are that same mindset, who have my best interest at hand, then I'm going to make a lot more impact and uh, enjoy life a whole heck of a lot more. 100%. Awesome. Mike, how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more or ask you any questions or, or start your programs? Absolutely. Best way to reach out to me is the website highcoachmike.com. So H-I-C-O-A-C-H-M-I-K-E uh, dot com. And uh, that's got everything, social media. It's got a way to, you know, book a call if it's like, hey, I want to chat. Or if you're wanting to hear other men who have gone through that and are now in a place of success, you know, they've gone through that healing. Um, there's also links to the podcast there. So highcoachmike.com is the best place to connect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, again, uh, Mike Forrester here today on health in the real world, Mike uh, and his living fearless coaching program. Mike, want to thank you so much for joining. Great meeting you and uh, best of luck. And we'll definitely be in touch. My pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for listening to the health in the real world show. Make sure to balance.com to learn more.